0: IndyCar Series pilot joining us once again in the Freak Nation. This time he has a Borg Warner and Indy 500 trophy to his name. And the pictures, the videos that we're seeing from Sweden, absolutely bonkers. The thousands of people that showed up to welcome their native son with this trophy. Did you expect such a crazy ass crowd to welcome you with this trophy?
1: I, to be honest with you, I didn't know what to expect. I was, uh, you know, very excited about uh, bringing the Borg Warner trophy to Sweden. You know, that was, uh, just bringing it to my home country uh, was was very special, and then I knew, you know, we we, were, we had a lot of things planned. But obviously, the the sort of highlight of my week was bringing the trophy to Kumla, my small little hometown uh, in in Sweden. And and yeah, this turnout that we had uh, with I think the estimated it was eight thousand people on the city square celebrating with me was uh, was just incredible
0: again Marcus Erickson Indy 500 winner joining us here in the Freak Nation and the only way that I could put this into perspective is the most famous trophy in my lifetime would be the World Cup trophy and I don't know if I'd show up with 8,000 people to welcome my team back <laughs> for that trophy I what what is so special about the Indy five hundred to to Swedes or is it the fact that their native son won the damn thing or they wouldn't give a crap if a Brazilian won it?
1: No, I, I think it's a you know it's a combination. I think uh, the interest for IndyCar and for the five hundred has been growing and growing um, the last few years. Uh, and then also for me, you know, I, I did five years of Formula One before I went to IndyCar, and and have us you know a solid fan base that follows me and and you know. Is uh, covering my career. Um, so I think it was a combination of things. And then the 500, you know, I think people don't really understand how big it is yet. But I think this tour that we've done this past week has really helped people over here in Sweden to understand how big the 500 is. I think with tradition. Obviously, Kenny Brack, uh, the other Swede who won it in 99. Have sort of put the 500s of people know about it i think but it's yeah it's definitely been sort of exploded since uh since the uh, may this year and and me winning it
2: well marcus Eriksson, winner of the 106th running of the indy 500 may 2022 you you just kind of alluded to something there how Sweden potentially was more of a Formula One fan base, but because of Kenny Breck maybe putting the Indy 500 on the map and now you winning it and your hometown just going nuts, Stockholm even going nuts, is there there something that can be made for the success of just motorsports in general you guys taking it to another level?
1: Yeah, I I think so. I think uh, racing is definitely on the up, I think Formula One. The way that's been growing the last few years has, has definitely helped all kinds of motorsports, in my opinion. And I think for us, you know, the IndyCar series is is becoming stronger and stronger each year. We have a lot of cars, a lot of good drivers coming to the series. A lot of international drivers coming to the series. And I feel like the interest for for the IndyCar series is becoming bigger and bigger and bigger here in, in Europe. And, you know, in Scandinavia now we have Ian Felix, we have Linus who won the Indy Lights, and hopefully he will be on the grid at some point next year we have christian Lundgaard from denmark there is a lot of drivers and, and it creates a lot of interest so it's it's really cool to see and like i said you know bringing the trophy here the trophy is obviously very unique and very spectacular so i think people have been very impressed about it and we've definitely i think created some new in the car fans as well this past week here in sweden which is super cool
2: Marcus, help me out with something here. You're good friends with Daniel Ricardo, and everybody wants to see Daniel in IndyCar, but he's saying, apparently, that ovals are not his thing. He he has a a little bit of a fear factor for ovals. You're one of his buddies who has won, has found success on the biggest oval in the world. Is there anything you could say to him to say, hey, dude, sports in general is a dangerous sport, but we do it because we love it, and these cars are just as fine, buddy. They're just as fine.
1: I tell you a fun story. So I, I met him, I went to Austin for Formula One there and I was having lunch with him on the Sunday before the race. And, you know, we were talking about these things and he was saying that, yeah, you know, IndyCar looks really cool. He's a big fan of it. Yeah, I'm, you know, not sold on olds yet. And then I'm like, hey, wait wait a second, bud. And I showed him my Indy 500 ring. With all the blings and diamonds and everything, he's like, oh my God, okay, I might change my mind on Oval's now, if that's what you can win. <laughs> so yeah, I'll uh, yeah, i I'll work on it, uh, I think he would love it in the car, but uh, he seemed to not be ready to, to sort of come over here yet, but uh, who knows, I think, you know, we've seen over the years, you know, a lot of drivers coming from Formula One, having a bit of a sort of don't want to do the ovals thing and then it takes a year or two and they do the ovals and love it so you know i think it'd be a similar thing with daniel if he were to 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 come over to indycar at some point
2: and real quick i just want to interject this real quick would you argue that ovals are easier to drive in an indycar without power steering than driving the street circuits and the road courses on an indycar without power steering
1: i don't know i think you know it's it's all you know the cool thing with indycar for me is the sort of combination of things right we have the street courses we have the, the road courses we have the short ovals we have the super speedways you know it, it's the mix that makes it so cool in my opinion and and they all require a different type of driving style uh, different setups and you know it's that's what i think makes indycar unique and me personally one of the biggest reasons i wanted to come to indycar was because of the ovals because i always thought that oval racing was uh, something that i i l- thought it looked really cool and i thought i would really like it and be good at it and uh, i'm happy that's been the case so you know i i love it i think it's really fun and a very cool way of go racing
3: marcus erickson winner of the indy 500 sixth in points last year uh, that stuns me i was i was getting ready to go down a whole different road here but you're the first uh, driver based in europe that i've ever seen I uh, ever heard mention that they were looking forward to driving on ovals. Uh, you must be, uh, you must be Swedish. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, no, but it's funny because you know Kenny Brack. He was uh, he was helping me in my early career quite a lot and managing me. And you know, obviously Kenny was making a great career in the states. And I remember growing up, you know, watching TV uh, with my dad. We would watch some races with Kenny here in the states when he was in IndyCar and. You know, winning the 500 in I think it was and, and already then you know it was sort of in my mind and then throughout my career my specialty has always been high speed corners and for me in my mind i'm like okay i love high speed corners i'm always really good in high speed corners I must be made for oval racing, right? Because that's what it is. It's high-speed corners, <laughs> constantly high-speed corners. So I was like, I need to try that at some point in my career. And that's why, you know, like you said, most European drivers or drivers from outside of the US, they sort of don't want to do it. But for me, I always had that sort of thing in my mind that some point I need to go to America and try ovals because I think it would be really cool. So like I said, I'm happy I did. I love it. I think oval racing is amazing and... Obviously, after this year, I haven't changed that. You know, that's uh, only made me, you know, more of an of racing after winning the 500.
3: Marcus, when you were in Austin for the F1 race, did maybe an owner or two knock on your shoulder and said, hey, dude, uh, were you interested in coming back? Did, would that uh, attract you at all?
1: So I mean I, I still know a lot of people in the F1 paddock and you know it's fun going and see uh, old friends and so on. Uh, I didn't get any concrete offers. I'm also on the contract for next year and I'm very happy on <laughs> the contract for next year. So for me, you know, it's it's a it's a chapter that I'm, I'm past now. So I'm I'm really happy being in IndyCar and I, I see myself being in IndyCar fighting for more 500s and championships uh, for many many years to come. Uh, so that's sort of where my mindset is. Uh, so yeah, that's that's how I see it.
3: I'm going to let you get by with the uh, the adjective "concrete offers," uh, <laughs> meaning that somebody might have said, uh, uh, let's say, a muddy offer. But you got, uh, you know, you were there was some interest. I'm going to leave it at that. I don't know if you were a milk drinker before the Indy 500, but I can imagine that milk tastes a little different now. Does it uh, remind you of Victory Lane when you take a sip of milk now?
1: Yeah, it was it was funny. You know, I, I, I don't drink milk uh, often. Uh, I do drink chocolate milk sometimes. Uh, I like that. Who doesn't? Uh, but uh, I, I, was on a TV, I was on a TV morning show here in, in Sweden the other day, and then, you know, they... They had brought milk uh, for us to share with milk there on the TV show to sort of celebrate my 500 shows, uh, 500 wins. So that was pretty funny, actually. So I have been drinking a bit more milk lately than uh, than prior, and that's for a good reason.
3: <laughs> you like that taste, I imagine.
1: Yeah, I it. It, it gives me some good memories, you know. It's uh, yeah, $3 million
3: but... in dollar sip. A three million dollar sip of milk. I can handle that myself, right?
0: Marcus Erickson, Indy 500 winner for your 2022 Indy 500 here in the Freak Nation. And You got your face on the Borg Warner recently. Does, in your opinion, does it look like you on the side of that Borg Warner? Is your nose too big? Is your face too long? Is your are your lips too small? What What do you think about your face on that Borg Warner?
1: I think Will Burns, uh, the artist, did a really good job. Uh, I've seen, uh, you know, I was a bit nervous before because I've seen some examples uh, on other uh, like uh, sculptures let's say that hasn't been great but Will has obviously always done a really good job over the years and I think he did a good job with me you can see it's me, he got my hair really well so you know (laughs) (laughs) so yeah I think it's super cool
0: and if you're watching this on YouTube or Facebook Live or anywhere across the world, uh, what the hell is this? (laughs) (laughs) good
1: post right No, so that's uh it's uh it's next to my hometown kumla is a place called orobro and this is a statue of uh ronnie peterson the f1 driver from sweden who raced in the 70s and he was from Örebro, the town next to me and uh, this is like his uh statue in in downtown orobro and so yeah we were there doing some photo shoots i'm actually my helmet that i had there for the 500 is inspired by his uh Helmet design that he used in the seventies, so it's uh, nice. pretty cool actually.
2: So when is your statue going to go right next to him?
1: Yeah, that's the question. Uh, you know, after what I what happened the other day, you know, when we were in Kumla and having this celebration, that's uh, maybe maybe one day we'll see.
0: Oh yeah. Hey, that happy bastard didn't win the Indy Five Hundred. You won the greatest race in the history of mankind. They ought to create like a five story uh, <laughs> statue of you holding your helmet and milk <laughs> and everything else, man.
1: Come on. Yeah. 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 I agree. I agree.
3: (laughs) When we were talking about trophies here in North America, one of the big trophies is the Stanley cup. They take it around, they pour beer in it and they, everybody has a party and everything. (laughs) Does anything remotely close to that happen with the Borg Warner trophy or do you have security guards that keep it from going places where they don't want it to go?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I think, uh, you know, the Borg-Warner Trophy is a little bit more fragile and and, uh, unique than the Stanley Cup in many ways. I mean, the Stanley Cup is awesome as well, but as I understand it, they have like multiple uh, versions of the Stanley Cup that they travel because every one of the team members get to get it to their home country. And like you said, they party and, you know, throw it around and all that. The Borg-Warner Trophy is... A lot of security around, I'm the only one that's allowed to touch it uh, as I'm the winner. And then the security people have to have gloves on when they, they handle it and everything. So it's pretty, it's pretty high security, but we did do some cool stuff. I had like a friends and family sort of uh, thing on Saturday night where I got some, some, uh, some artists from Sweden to come by and some other people. So it was, it was pretty cool. You know, I've been uh, trying to do some fun stuff with it when it's been here in Sweden for a week.
0: Indy 500 champion for 2022, Marcus Erickson joining us here in the Freak Nation. Buddy, thanks for taking time out. I know you're way the hell over there across the pond and the water and everything else there in Sweden. Good luck to you, buddy. Happy New Year.
1: Thank you so much for having me, guys. Always good
0: talking to you. See you, bud.
2: Actually, there's a funny story. The Borg Warner used to not have such high security. And it used to go around the Butler University campus and people would drink out of it. The top used to be, well, it's still removable, but it's only for packing purposes now, but they used to drink out of it. And then somewhere around the seventies, they decided, uh uh-uh, it's getting too dinged. The silver's getting too tarnished. And so now from that point on, yeah, it's only white glove (laughs) surface. It is is protected like a baby now.
3: (laughs) Uh, I wonder if it would do something for IndyCar If they could make more than one and have it, uh, you know, like he was saying, travel around and people could have fun with it. And it would maybe make IndyCar rise to the level of the National Hockey
0: League.
2: That's not a bad idea. Yeah. Make even though they would be replicas. Mm -hmm. It's still if it's the same size and it looks the same. It's not a bad idea
0: well how about this uh, freak nation suave why don't you do this put it out on twitter at Speed oh, Freaks. what would you drink out of the borg <laughs> warner what would you want to drink out of the borg warner Statman, man <laughs> what would you want to drink out of your borg warner now that i put dr. you on the spot pepper. dr pepper oh. without a question doctor not
3: even
2: not
3: even a
2: question it's a good chuggable beverage but wow that that shocks me no hennessy no what
3: Dr. Pepper, cognac. Okay, Dr. Dr. Pepper. Pepper, cognac. My carny <laughs> speaking. <laughs> <of>
2: that- <laughs> but if it's a replica and you can drink out of it, go full on cognac.
0: Yeah, well, Dr. Pepper. Crash. What about you? Wine. Come on. Get creative. No,
2: okay, Cabernet Sauvignon. I mean, no, I want to drink wine out of the Borg Warner Trophy. If it, what, what am I supposed to say? A milk mixture? Yeah. <laughs> no i want to drink wine out of the borg warner and cabernet sauvignon (laughs) wow (laughs) that
3: that would tarnish more than the trophy
2: (laughs) yeah my entire innards i'd like to have like a
0: flight of drinks with my buds you know have a have six or seven you know a cosmopolitan a whiskey sour okay uh, hold
2: on you know how wide that opening of the top of the borg warner is it's huge So how are you going to have a, I mean, are you going to pour a teeny tiny little drink in there and then chug that? And then another teeny tiny drink and then chug
0: that? Look, I just won the goddamn Indy 500. I can put put two gallons of a freaking cosmopolitan in there and share it with my neighborhood. Okay. Two gallons of cosmopolitan.
3: (laughs) (laughs) You turn the cup up and just keep going back. (laughs) (laughs) You you couldn't stand up after
0: that. (laughs) (laughs) Right? They have it at the the, uh, bachelorette parties, and they always have those drinks where there's fifty-six freaking straws in one drink.
2: (laughs) That's a good point. Why not do that? Oh, there you go.
0: You have the you can have the stat madamus relatives sitting around with all these freaking straws, just drinking (laughs) some Hennessy or some Jack and
3: Coke. (laughs) And everybody, when they got finished, when they when you hear the, the rumble from the last sip out of the bottom, everybody would be laid out on the ground.
2: <laughs> you throw the caution flag. Caution.
3: Yeah, right.
0: Exactly. You have a party at your house. And when they enter the party, they grab one, like a three-foot straw.
2: Okay. Okay.
0: Now you're you, talking. I see that. there?
3: Mm-hmm. And instead of kissing the bricks, they'd
0: be kissing the sky.
2: Because <laughs> <laughs> they'd be. Completely Excuse horizontal me on the ground.
0: I kissed this sky, da, da, da. All right, We'll probably get bumped off of YouTube for me <laughs> humming four seconds of Hendrix right there. Uh. Oh my goodness!
2: <laughs> yes. Okay. Mixed drinks. That's the winner. Mm.